This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast after Premier League match weekend number nine. And my goodness, do we get some stories out of this weekend. The Manchester clubs um, really struggling. Chelsea 4, Manchester United nil. And on his return at Stamford Bridge, Jose Mourinho suffers his worst defeat as a Premier League manager. I'm Robbie Musto with my mate Robbie Earl. Mr Earl, where do you want to start yes, with this please. one? There's only one place to start, we must start, and it has to be Chelsea Football Club because, yes, we're going to talk about the game. Yes, we're going to talk about how it unfolded and, and how Manchester United didn't compete and defend and all the things that went wrong tactically and technically as a game. But first of all, let's talk about the team that won. Yeah. Let's talk about Antonio Conte and the system because for a few weeks, Rob, we've been saying the 3-4-3 looks like it's a good fit. You get the best out of your three centre-backs. You get Wits and Alonso and, 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 and Moses. Hazard and Pedro find themselves in better spots where they can hurt the opposition. So we're saying it all looks good. Costa's scoring. Um, Kante's got a, a partner. But I was saying, well, let's see against a better team, a team that will have threats, a team that maybe can get on, on, on possession of the ball. And I have to say, Rob, the better the opposition, the, the better the tactic looks. The, the team looked comfortable, well-drilled, well-organised. People know their roles. They, they've got a good shape about them. A nice balance between when they have to defend and maybe draw those wide players in, mm. and then when they can attack and get those wide players high on the pitch, so allows Pedro and Hazard to come in and cause problems. And they just really had too much for for Manchester United team. And the contrast, Rob, was startling in that Chelsea were well set up, well drilled, comfortable in what they were doing, and Manchester United were anything but. I mean, the system, the players. The style of play, individual performances, intensity of football, just nowhere near what we, we, we've come to expect from a Jose Mourinho team. So I know we've got lots to discuss, but first of all, we have to say how well this Chelsea team are playing. And to be honest, Rob, it, it could have been more goals. You know, slightly better finishing De Gea doesn't make a couple of saves. And Who's to say it couldn't have been? It could have been five or six. Yeah, I think the impressive thing about this Chelsea team, Rob, as is, is you kind of were hinting at there, that I think it's got different ways to win. I really mm-hmm. do. I think it can break teams down with build-up play, with great width and attacking um, on the f- flanks with Moses and Alonso linking up. Um, Azard and Pedro or Willian, as you said, can can really get involved with Diego Costa. But as this game proved, they can win absolutely they're suited to counter-attack and Reno said it after mm. is that we played into their hands because we had to attack they get everybody back and they've got two very quick players in Pedro and Adam Hazard mm. in this situation so it really that's what I think is good that it looks like it's durable defensively 
they, they took him back, and there's no better guy, probably no, no. better guy right now uh, in European football than Antonio Conte of teaching a group of players how to get the balance right with a back three and then making it into a five, etc., etc. So I, I, I couldn't be more impressed. I can't be more impressed with his demeanour, with his interviews. Mm-hmm. I know it's difficult uh, speaking in English for him, but I love what he says. He's a hard man, isn't he? He's a, he's a tough yeah. guy, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. he does it in a respectful manner and he's certainly getting the best out of the players. I mean, the motivation from a lot of these players were there under Mourinho last season yeah. and they mm-hmm. weren't motivated and it wasn't working out and a different guy goes in and, and brings such a, a stunning change after struggles. It just remains to be seen whether Manchester United after struggles can make such an impact from the, mer- the manager, the coach to, p- mm. to get things back on track like Antonio Conte has done at Chelsea Yeah, I mean we have to move forward, you know, I look back to that Chelsea team who got well beaten by Arsenal and it was almost as though Antonio Conte said, okay yep. by the look at it now, I've, I've seen this system, I've seen the back four and, and whether it was a 4-1-4-1 or 4-2 um, 3-1 However, you were going to play. But it, I think that was the point where I said, you know what, this team, I'm good enough to defend that way. Balancing the team isn't right. I've got to switch it round. He did. He looked at it. They've obviously been doing a lot of work on the training ground. And now you're seeing the benefits. Three straight defeats after that, that defeat by um, Arsenal into the top four. So things looking rosy for Chelsea. Uh, it was a day when we talked, Rob, on, on the radio show yesterday about what the reaction will be like for Jose Mourinho, what's it going to be like him going back, are players going to be extra motivated, um, you know, players who played in his team where he threw one or two under the bus, he was very public with some of his, his discrepancies with some of the players. Listen, I, do you know in the end, Rob, I, I, I was looking at the game and it's not something I, I say with, with, with any comfort, but I was actually feeling a little bit sad for Jose Mourinho on the side of the pitch, all, as, as though, wow, it's all coming on top of him a little mm-hmm. bit and, I don't know, Robin, I've been saying this since he's come back, this, and, and I can't quite put it into words, and I don't know what it is. There's something in this guy's face that tells me all's not well in his head. I don't know if he's having doubts. I don't know if there's kind of some paranoia. I don't know if he's having a little bit of a personal meltdown. I mean, this is a big job for him now. He's at a big football club, the club he's talked about. Start of the season, he was talking about winning titles, and I know some people were suggesting that they were good enough to win titles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look at this team now, and I look at him, Rob, how he's behaving and some of the stuff that's going on, and it just feels to me like it's not the Mourinho we saw first time round, even second time round in English football. Something seems a little bit different. Tell me if you disagree with me, and I made this point. Um, it... <laughs> He is really underachieving. Forget, forget, and we'll talk about the defensive part and maybe mm-hmm. his lineup part. Mm-hmm. But when you consider this squad of players he does at Manchester United, yeah. the development yeah. of certain young players like Rashford, Lingard, Martial mm-hmm. that, have, that have progressed last year, the nearly $200 million signings that come in with Big Zlatan, who wins everywhere, and Paul Pogba, the most sought-after midfield player on the planet, mm-hmm. um, with good players elsewhere, it, it's just not good enough in terms of what he's got there. Now, I think defensively, um, what we usually see with Mourinho is a, is a very strong foundation put into place from day one in pre-season training. Now, Eric, Eric Bailly um, is an excellent signing and he's the best guy. Looking at it now, Rob, it looks like maybe he should have bought more defenders or does he trust the likes of Luke Shaw? Luke Shaw played on Thursday in the Europa League. Yeah. I, I think Luke Shaw's an excellent left back and yet he wasn't selected for this game. Darmian is a natural right back. Is he picking Robbie Earl? 
with the squad that he's got, we know he sold some and sent out some on loan. I mean, yeah. ugh, and we ain't even started on Mkhitaryan and what's happened to him. But is, no, he, is no. he picking the right team right now, Jose? Well, is he picking the right team? Is he unbalancing people? Or are people unsure? You know, one matter, what, one moment was his trusted guy, looked like he was part of his future, came, brought him on at half-time for Fellaini, who, who was, I thought, was shocking today, lumbering around yeah. the pitch, couldn't get near anybody. But Mkhitaryan seems an issue. Listen, even the, and, and, I, and I don't know if there's anything more sensitive than Wayne Rooney in midweek, and then he said he hid an injury against Fenerbahce that came up in training. The choice of words just feels a bit strange. Well, like he hid an injury. So Wayne didn't tell him he was carrying an injury. He got an injury. Now it's come up in training. So he's been a bit dishonest. I mean, the choice of words, Rob, at times, I, I find a little bit awkward. And I think... What, what are you getting player, out there, Rob? What are you getting at, Rob? What, what are you suggesting? There's more trouble behind the scenes. Some, yeah, that sometimes his, his way of dealing with players makes me think that I'd be, think, be saying... He didn't have to say that. He could say Wayne Rooney got injured in training yesterday and it would have been the end of the story. But to say he was hiding an injury before just puts a little slur on Rooney as if maybe he's not he's not being as honest as he should be to the football club or, or whatever. The Mkhitaryan thing is an absolute, you know, you buy a player of that quality for that much money and he what doesn't is see going on? Yeah, What is going on there with him? Any kind of time. So, listen, we've, we've had this guy who's who's led from the front, who's been, you know, who's loved the press, who's worked the press, who's known how to influence games and in, in media and public opinion. But now the pressure's on him, Rob. He's got a huge game coming up midweek against Manchester City now in the League Cup. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but it becomes an important game. They've got Burnley at the next weekend. So this last two-week period where they played the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester City in the Cup, they're going to be quite defining to Jose. He doesn't want to come out of three or four of those games with, with big defeats because, as you said, Rob, the, the numbers are there. The amount of money he's been spent. I mean, you look at Paul Pogba for £116 million and you say, wow. why? Mm. Where? I mean, Angolo Kanti not only had him in his pocket today and ran all over him, Angolo Kanti goes and scores a goal that we're expecting something like a Paul Pogba to do influence a game. Pogba played in the number 10 position today and didn't make one chance for his team. So he tells me that, but I was watching him today. He played slightly advanced. And as the game got on and United were losing um, any kind of control, he dropped deeper. He looked frustrated when he's on the ball. He doesn't quite know whether it'd be one and two touch. Is he a link player? Is he a box-to-box player? Is he more holding coming from deep? It looks to me like a 23-year-old who, who is a little bit unsure of his role in, in the football club. Now, again, Jose Mourinho in the past has set teams up where everybody knows what they're doing. I look at I look at this group now, and, and the two centre backs, Baye and Smalling, are not good enough to win you a title or be probably top two or three. I mean, I've been saying it for a while. Chris Smalling's a, a, a risk, a, a, a accident waiting to happen. He had a nightmare today, I mean, didn't he? You, you could have said all four yeah, goals. He, his fingerprints are over them, Rob. Mm. Baye, I'm still not convinced tactically in big games when, when there's a lot of movement and clever play. Oh, I think he's really good. Deep. I think he's a good player, I'm not too sure about him, Rob. I, I, listen, maybe with the right partner, mm. but Chris Smalling's not that partner. The distance between the two of them at times, Rob, is so encouraging for midfield players to run through. It's frightening. Just looking at the bigger picture with them, and, and I'm going to hold my hands up right now because after the appointment of Jose Mourinho, and, mm. and for the record... I didn't think it was a good appointment at the start. You did. I then yeah. went on to say, after they signed those players that they did, I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, you know what? 
I think Pep Guardiola is going to struggle a little bit with a style change in the Premier League. And I think Manchester United have got the durability mm. with this squad, with power through the centre, with a brilliant goalkeeper and a proven win in Zlatan. I think they're going to win the league. Now, I, I, I mean, where are we with that? I mean, with three defeats after nine games, mm. only one team has gone on to win the Premier League, and that's Manchester City in, in yeah. 2013. So they're all... Not, they're practically against. out of it. They're practically yeah. out of the championship. They can't win the league. That yeah. this group of players can't can't win the league. And, and where I said, and you're right. I mean, you weren't so happy with him, but bizarrely no. said you think with the money well, they those spent, signings, where yeah. he worked, I the signings were great. He could win it. I never thought they could win a title. I don't think the group of players are good enough. I don't think they're ready. Um, I felt it was a good appointment for a club like Manchester United to get a profile manager like Jose Mourinho. I thought. With Pep Guardiola going in at City and Conte getting the job at, at, at Chelsea and, and Klopp getting the job at Liverpool, they needed big name, they needed glamour, they needed so, a superstar. They got him, but what's happened, Rob, is this guy now in terms of football, and, and let's talk about his football tactician, which we, I've always held him in the highest regard, looks like it's, it's being challenged. I mean, let's talk about his, his, his Chelsea team last season, by the way, who he took from title winners to an abysmal mid-table team who were struggling. He's now taking a club like Manchester United to looking like... Manchester United looked at times fearful, scared, deep, didn't want to press a ball, didn't know their roles. I mean, what about Manchester United here? You know, the team who'd set the benchmark. Mm. One of my friends phoned me after the game and it, it, was, it was quite striking me. And he said, and I know it's little things, and I know everybody has different views, but he said, you know what, getting beat... But, Four nils bad enough. When all the players, the Man United players, are high fiving and swapping shirts and enjoying conversations with Chelsea players, so that hurts me even more. Because mm. if that wouldn't happen in my football club in the past, that wouldn't happen if it's Alex Ferguson in charge. Players would be straight down the tunnel on the coach and back to Manchester and want to sort it out. And I know it's different era, different players, different way of working, but something's not Manchester United about what they're doing at the moment. Now Jose Mourinho can do it his own way, and that's fine. But you have to remember, if that doesn't, if that's not successful, criticism is going to come quicker than if he was having a go. As if you say Rashford was one side, Martial's the other, Matters in the hole, Pogba's coming from an advanced position, maybe Carrick's in the team knitting yeah. it together. Because people are looking at these players and saying, well, there's been proven players at United who've done it in the past. At the moment, Robbie, it's like, it's very 50-50 for me how this thing goes. Just before we get to the other team in Manchester, I want to get your take mm. on the words that are exchanged at the end. And Jose Mourinho yeah. went over <laughs> and whispered something in the ear of uh, Antonio mm. Conte. And uh, Italian uh, outlets, as you expect this conversation to be in Italian, because yeah. uh, Jose obviously speaks Italian after coaching Inter Milan. Uh, the kind of the reports are saying that it was kind of mm -hmm. along the lines of uh, Jose saying to Conte, hang on a minute, less of the, the kind of the, the revving the fans up to scream and yeah. cheer and shout yeah. at 4-0. That's kind of dis disrespectful. I understand it at 1-0, but not at 4-0. He looked mm. angry. And it, of yeah. course, there's, there's an amount of speculation to that, but various Italian news outlets are reporting that mm -hmm. kind of conversation. How do you react to that? Is it, does he have a case, first of all? Is, is, is Conte doing something that's out of order in terms of, of manager no. conduct? No, absolutely not. If, if Antonio Conte at 3-0 up wants to rev his Chelsea fans, wants a little bit more noise because United fans are making 
um, a, a, a out shouting. I mean, he has every right. Don't remember Jose Mourinho not that long ago when he was manager of Chelsea on the touchline, saying to the Chelsea fans, "Come on, putting his hand to his ear. I can't hear you enough." But the opposition fans are out singing. I think it might have been a Liverpool game or something. Mm. Isn't this a Jose Mourinho who made his name running down the touchline yeah, at correct. Old Trafford when he scored a goal? Yeah. Isn't this a guy for Real Madrid who goes running onto the to, to the pitch, going down to his knees, getting involved in things? I mean, come on, Jose. And this is where. Listen, not long ago, we was telling one of the greatest managers who's been in the league, we can talk about what silverware is not, Arsene Wenger, one of a, a specialist in failure. I mean, you know, there's a lot of disrespect that's come from Jose. So I don't think I've got any sympathy for, for Antonio Conte, in my view, not overstepping them all, getting his fans going. His team have won 4-0 against Manchester United at home. They've gone into the top four. What? You can't enjoy that anymore because Jose's team... It's Jose's team, and he's a little bit humiliated. Well, <laughs> the, the answer would be Jose: get your team on the front foot, get Paul Pogba in a position where he might look like he's going to play, get Zlatan running and making making a couple of chances, get Bailly and Smalling to shake each other's hand before they go out, so they know each other and can play together. And then we might, you might have an argument, but of what I saw on the pitch, he should be focusing all his attention on his team. And I just wondered, Rob, is, is it another one of these diversions from Jose? Are we talking about this and not talking as much about his team? He does love a little diversion when he can throw one in. No, I don't think so on this this occasion. I think both managers afterwards asked a question. They said it's a, a personal conversation, but but certainly fascinating stuff. Crikey, Robbie, <laughs> fired up today, my friend. Yeah. Okay, let's move well, on to uh, Manchester City. Another manager and Pep Guardiola that looked angry, mm. frustrated. Yeah. Expectations were through the roof, and now they've had a, a run of, of non-victories. Mm. Uh, are you worried about this performance from City versus Southampton? Was it Southampton good? Was it Man City poor? I think we have to acknowledge that the two uh, right-back, Zabaleta and, and Bakary Sanya, yeah. weren't available, so we went again yeah. with a back three. I'm not so sure it's a system thing this particular time, though I would say, you know, Guardiola's tactics are, are kind of hard to take on board, and I yeah. felt like the, the, the system before, the 4-3-3 with the full-back movements mm-hmm. and different options were just starting to get bedded down really nicely really nicely and yeah. then this injury situation going with a three I thought today they looked a little bit like scratching their heads again with a new system yeah. now I did say and I did think that this is the l- the less kind of motivated City team I've seen under Pep lacking mm. kind of energy and drive and you know I don't know whether that comes from uh, the stadium a little bit not not particularly feel like it's a big game I don't know what it is but it, they didn't look to have the drive for me um, but Pep's having a bit of a struggle up Rob what did you think um, um, you know, looking at this game, uh, was it just one of those days? Should we give a lot more credit, which I'd love to do, by mm. the way, to Southampton and, and, and yeah. Puel, or is there more of a concerning nature to this run of results for Pep? I think I think we look at... Uh, first thing, I look at the game, Robert, and yes, City had more possession. You expect that. They're going to have that most games home or away. There wasn't that much between the two teams at times. Now, City looked, you know, decent to... to it looked a little bit short of, 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 of energy, Robert, of zest, of, of, of cutting edge um, that they'd had. And I was a bit like you. The, the system, you know, went, went with the back three. And then at times, then there was a period where Fernandinho dropped in, became a four. Koloff was almost white, and then a normal uh, left back. John Stones found himself at times like a right back. And they were going a little bit back to, to what we saw early in the season. I just wonder, and it was a couple of times I was looking at the game and just looking at, at the movements of players, and I just wondered if it's 
a little bit of a change to Manny? Is it is it a little bit of information overload just on since he's come in, he's worked on probably two or three different systems now and different styles. And it looked to me a little bit like one or two players were thinking more than playing naturally. And, and when that happens, it always slows down your movement, slows down your rhythms. It's a bit like, where should I be? Not instant, instinctively running into places. And I just, I just thought that slowed them down, Rob. They didn't look as fluent as, as we've seen in the past. Now, what we have seen, like what we have seen though, Rob, is, is more mistakes. Are we? Yeah. Does it get to a yeah. point where, you know, as a football person, you'd look at that and say, "Come on, Jose, uh, Pep, sorry that that yeah. we, we know that it's total football. We know that it tries mm-hmm. to go from goalkeeper through defenders through midfield players to attackers, but it's almost yeah. every week. It's almost every week now. There's a mistake yeah. and it costs. Don't, they don't concede goals but, doing anything else apart today, from making their own errors. No, but today was a day when the build-up play wasn't there. They weren't. They weren't crisp with the passes and. Listen, we've all been there. These days, you, you're playing a game and actually, touch isn't quite right. You, you feel and the ball isn't as good as it, as it may be normally. And when that happens collectively, again, it slows you passing down. You're not as sure you take an extra touch. Your position can get a bit closer. And I just felt it was kind of one of those days. Now, John Stones, again, we, we, we start to put the spotlight on him. Apparently, he's, you know his areas have led to more goals than anybody playing in the league this season. Because of the way they play, that's going to be part of the course. Now, Pep has to go one of two ways. Either he has to have a word and shorten those people up, but but retain the confidence in what he wants to do. Because he doesn't want players, now John Stones, to get it and think, hold on, if I make a mistake, I'm in trouble. So he now starts to launch it, go direct, because that isn't what Pep wants. But also, they, they have to cut out the kind of mistakes where, obviously, Stones and company are not on the same wavelength. He's looked back to play back. Company's not even reading the play. All of a sudden... Redmond's in and scores the goal. And we've seen it now, you know, we go back to midweek against Barcelona as well as Barcelona played. All the goals had, had almost as though they had um, mistakes written around them. So, yes, individual errors are costing the team. But I just think it might be time to bed one system down that, that, that becomes comfortable, becomes the norm, and let the team build the rhythms up. I just... The chopping and changing a little bit is worrying me, especially along the back line. And as you say, I know injuries were there, but even given without the injuries, he could have gone a slightly different way. He could have gone with the, the full-backs if he'd have wanted to and kept it kept it as a back four. Just before we move on to the uh, midweek EFL Cup mm-hmm. games, I, I, I have to give credit to Claude, Claude Puel and a yeah. Southampton team that, um, yeah, yeah. that didn't change. And I, I, I still find it, brave and and not maybe not remarkable but he didn't change his system or no. style or approach one no. iota those front no. three players that have been so bright Tadic and Redman and Charlie mm. Austin stayed high they gave Man City a problem they were there to pounce on the mistake they were still strong in midfield the two centre-backs Van, mm. Van Dijk and, and Jose Font continued to look excellent I just think you know I, I, full credit Claude Puel Les Reed, the director of football at this football club, has got it right again, appointing a, a smart manager. But let's move on to, to United versus City. So continuing the Manchester theme, um, just, mm. a, just a quick thought, a quick thought ahead to that midweek game in terms of how they're going to react. Are they going to play strong teams? Is it going to be a big game? Are they going to both want it to be a, a low profile because they're a little bit wounded mm. right now? What do you think is going to be the approach from managers oh, here? Listen, it, it becomes a big competition, Rob, for, for, for these managers now. Both have gone into to, to new clubs uh, from the start of the season. I think it becomes more important a, a competition for Manchester United. I think City's gaze is slightly bigger. 
it was it was interesting when Jose Mourinho first came to Chelsea, and I was working in London a lot on, on Chelsea games. It was the first competition that he put his focus on and won. By February, he'd come as Chelsea manager and he'd won a trophy. And I just get the sense that he might just feel it's an important win, one to win today. Now, let's remember, go back to the Derby game early in the season, which came quite early in the season. Maybe people were thinking that United weren't ready, but City annihilated. Do you remember the game this day? Yeah. Annihilated United for, for 45 minutes. Now, Jose can't afford another performance like that. Having got beat by four today against Chelsea, if United go go and, and, and start running all over the place, dominating the game, scoring goals and, and making United look very, very second class. The pressure then starts to build on Josie. Now, I'm not at this point saying he loses his job, but what I am saying is people start questioning him again, looking at his team and, and we're talking about, you know, top four has got to be the priority for, for this uh, football club and, and Champions League football. You know, all of a sudden with, with the league as it is and, and cup competitions as they are, he might need some silverware, Jose, to buy him a little bit of time to, to get to the, the group and the type of players that he wants it in this is this game. So it's, it's, an, it's a big game of in, in the League Cup, one which which neither of these two managers yeah. with, their, with their profile, with their egos, are, are going to want to lose. I, I think it's incredibly awkward. I think it's just awkward for both clubs. You're right. It's almost like... Not, not that they can't afford to lose it, but it's quite mm. damaging whoever loses this yeah. game. I can imagine, I can see Jose Mourinho going in with a strong team here. Yeah, he yeah. Feel like he, he fi- I think he feels it's more important for him mm. because all that being yeah. said about Man City, they're sat at the top of the league on goal difference. Yeah. They're sat on top of the Premier League. So, mm. uh, But I think um, uh, Pep has the ability to, to switch players, rotate, and they still might play United off the park. It's going to be fascinating. Mm. Another massive game, uh, Rob yeah. Earl, is Liverpool versus yeah. Spurs. And just mm. a, quick, a quick line, a quick line on Liverpool and Spurs after the weekend's games and going into this, this matchup. I think, again, this, this cup competition, because it comes yeah. at the start of the season, I think teams do give it a little bit of a go in the early stages to, to get through and, and get the competition mm. because there's there's rewards, of course, for winning the title. Jurgen yeah. Klopp, um, you know, some very, very good work against West yeah. Brom, sometimes a frustrating team, West Brom. He's doing everything right, isn't he, Robbie, at the moment, yeah. without, without maybe some control. Um, do you think that this team is good enough to, to play its football and attack around a very strong and athletic Spurs midfield and, and back four? Yeah, I do. I think with what they've got going forward across that front five, there's not many better in the league uh, as a front five, I don't think, and I'm including Manchester City in that. Arsenal, I think, certainly would would be um, running them closer in that. Spurs, again, with with the energy that they have. But listen, they can go toe-to-toe with that top five. And if they're on their game, can cause you all kinds of problems. Pace of Marne, cleverness of Coutinho, movement of Firmino, Lallana and Wijnaldum, if they're back fit, coming coming through as well, causing you problems. But defensively, that's an issue. Interesting on this one, I think it's a bigger game for Liverpool. I just think where Spurs are, Champions League football and the stretching of the squad and Harry Kane not being 100% fit yet and, and Janssen, etc. I just think that this is a competition Spurs could possibly do without. I think for Liverpool... It's an important one for Klopp. I think he gets the value of that first bit of silverware, you know, so so it goes on his resume. So, you know, as Dortmund manager, he knows what winning winning trophies is about and the importance of them and how it'll build into that dressing room, maybe for league successes, I think, that will come in the future. So I think they'll go strong Liverpool. 
I think they're slight favourites and I think they might want it a little bit more than, than Spurs. So I'd probably just go on the side of the Reds for that one. Yeah, and other games as well. Just just uh, finishing up now with other matches to, to watch out for in the EF, EFL Cup. Uh, Arsenal versus Reading, Bristol City, Hull City, Southampton, Sunderland, Chelsea, West Ham. Um, I, I would just like to, 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 to chat very quickly before we finish the pod, um, Robbie, on Arsenal. They yeah. play against Reading and, and they struggled. He struggled against uh, my former club, Middlesbrough, when you'd expect them mm-hmm. to... to, to to, to really comfortably beat um, Middlesbrough Football Club at the Emirates Stadium yeah. and the way that they're playing and the way that Middlesbrough have had a, such a, an awful run. But full marks, full credit to Middlesbrough. They set off in a very defensive setup. Adama mm. Traore made his first start in the Premier League for Middlesbrough. They got him from Aston Villa. Of course, he's got that lightning pace that gave Arsenal real problems on the counter-attack. Um, of course, you know you know my feeling towards Arsenal and, and I'm still yeah. not sure whether there's enough changed for me to believe that they, are, uh, that they can win the Premier League this year. But this is the sort of performance and game where people do question whether they've seen this before from Arsenal and I get that other teams um, make mistakes and make errors my my biggest complaint this time on Arsenal um, and I've said this before is that they seem to start games sometimes when there's a complacency and it's kind of weird because uh, Arsene Wenger absolutely kept stressing about they can't afford to be complacent but they mm. start games Rob in the first 45 minutes with a very slow casual approach of like you know what, we'll we take our time here. We're, we're better. We'll find a way through. We've done it before late in games. We don't need to stretch ourselves too early. I would love to see a different approach from Wenger's team to say, you know what, here's a whistle. Boom. Out of the traps. Middlesbrough Football Club. We're in your faces. We're playing one-twos. We're moving the ball quickly instead of the approach of slow to start and we will get quicker. I think it gives the opponents some encouragement. They get behind the ball. There's some opportunities to break, which Middlesbrough did, and they probably should have went ahead. Are you concerned that, that we've seen this before, Robbie Earl? Or, you, you know, I know you, you know you love Arsene Wenger and you <clears> trust <throat> him, etc., etc. But this is two points dropped, isn't it? It is, Rob, but these, you know, you look at Manchester City today, it's two-point drops. You yeah, look but we've at seen this from Arsenal four. before. What, what, you we know, have that's seen the thing, that's the difference. But we've seen, we've seen, you know, lots of other teams have the similar things. So what I would say is, is that on, on coming off of six straight wins in, in the Premier League, that if you end up the next game not getting beat, when you don't particularly play well, when you create some chances and leave it late, but don't have a great day, but you pick up a point... That's what title winners do. They go on good runs, and then when they have off days, they pick up a point. Now, yes, I would agree with you. you I, w- I would like them to stop it. I'd like them to go 2-0 two two up before they maybe start saying, OK, now we don't have to be as intense. But they've come off a 6-0 midweek against Ludogrets. Maybe that wasn't the great preparation. Santi Cazola wasn't playing. I think he's in- so important to the team breaks up the rhythm. Bora Kane, well, well set up. Karanka had his team well set up. Counter-attacks. Negredo probably could have scored a, a couple. Gaston Ramirez has, has hit the post. So you can have the days where opposition have good days as well, and you have to respect that in this league. So, no, I'm not going to lose faith with, listen, Rob, where we sit after nine games, Arsenal are joint top of the table, or, uh, second in the table, uh, uh, just on goal difference. So, yes, let, uh, let's be critical, but at the moment, it's setting the pace with the best teams in the league. Now, players to come back, more maturity, uh, a better balance within the team. Alexis playing down the middle. Lots to look forward to with an, as an Arsenal fan, and I, I wouldn't get too upset. So I look at the League Cup game, and I think, get out of it, by the way. Play your kids, enjoy your kids, and, and get out. There's a competition you just don't need. 
don't need at this stage of where they are. Got bigger things to look for. Can only pick up injuries, stretches the squad. So not interested in that one. Other game just before we wrap up. Chelsea, West Ham's an interesting one in, in the League Cup this week. I think it's another game where both these managers would like to, some European football. Obviously, West Ham went out of the Europa. Chelsea with Antonio Conte, I think, could use this competition well. A bit like Mourinho, get his first trophy, buy the team in. You know, Abramovich must have been loving seeing his Chelsea team win 4-0 today against Manchester United. I think he enjoys the silverware as well, a day out at Wembley. So, uh, another big game, mate. All great to look forward to. But as ever, mate, we, we've run out of time. Great conversation as ever on a day when Jose went from the special one to specialist in failure. As his United team got taken apart by his former team, Chelsea. We'll be back next weekend with another podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to iTunes, to the Two Robbies podcast. And please, when you get there, leave a review and rating. It does help us increase our visibility, which means more football fans can enjoy the show. And don't forget, for more Musto and Earl, there's the Two Robbies football show, 5pm Eastern time, each and every Premier League Saturday on NBC Sports Radio. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.